Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is Ep 251, episode 251. How are ya? How are ya? What's going on? What's going on in your world? I'm smiling. I've got a huge smile on my face. It's Wednesday. It's podcast day and I'm actually recording a podcast or multiple podcasts today, which I haven't been doing. I've been really off rhythm with the podcast because of my huge month, my huge last six weeks. I think that's how long it's been. The other day I was like, where am I? What day is it? What's going on? Uh, but I am feeling good. I been in a sprint, uh, which is always hard and challenging, but it was, they're always so good as well. It's also pouring rain and so dark and gray. I haven't seen the sun for, I don't know, maybe it kind of feels like it snowed last Wednesday and Thursday, and so the sun was out a little bit then, but it was only out for such a short period of time. Before that, or prior to that, I think it had been a couple of weeks. So it feels like I haven't seen the sun or felt the sun on my body for weeks, months, at least a month. <laughs> and when I look at the weather, I'm the weather girl. So every morning when I get up and I'm making my coffee, I'll look at the weather. I don't know why, because it's always the same, but it's just pouring rain for the foreseeable future. That's all I can see, rain. And it's dark. And I was saying to Carson this morning on our morning walk, okay, I'm like, I'm getting sick of it now. It's like the 24th of January. January and February are so shit here. It's just so dark and so gray. And it feels like... The way I like to describe it is like you have uh, a doona or a duvet over your head and that's how you're walking around. That's how you're living your life, under a duvet. You feel suffocated. Like you can't, we can't, there's no blue sky. Like we can't, there's just heaviness, cloud. And I have just spoken about the weather for the first three or four minutes on <laughs> the podcast. This week in our group coaching calls, I played Where Shall We Begin, uh, a, a game of stories, which is created by Esther Perel. And we were just talking about, I was giving them context uh, behind why I bought the game and then how I've pulled it out uh, from the cupboard over the last couple of months. So I can pick a card, you know, a few times a week. And Carson and I can have a prompt and we tell a story around that prompt card and how doing that, you know, because I hate talking, even though I just for the last three or four minutes, I just spoke to you about the weather. Uh, I don't like to talk about normal mundane things like, hey, how was your day? Of course, I care how his day was. But I'll try and always frame the question differently. What was the most interesting thing about your day? Or what was the most challenging thing about your day? Or what was something that you learned today? Instead of 
saying, how was your day? Uh, so I have a bit of an adverse reaction or uh, as my warrior said the other day, she used the term uh, allergic reaction. <laughs> I would say I have an allergic reaction to normal mundane conversation. And so Carson and I thought it would be really cool to pull out this game of stories to pick a card and use that as a prompt to tell really cool stories. And it's so powerful because, yes, you know, we have amazing conversations every day about something that we learned, something that happened, about our vision, about what we're working towards, about our call with, you know, our business coaches, uh, uh, you know, what we spoke about maybe with a client and they're rich conversations, but the cool thing about a prompt is that it sparks, like it just, I'm hearing stories from him that I've known Carson for about nine years now, we've been together for about eight, and I'm hearing stories that I've never heard before. And sometimes we need a prompt to help us unlock the unlock something new, unlock something different, unlock new stories, unlock a different connection or a deeper connection. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about it in terms of like our training. Sometimes we need a prompt. Sometimes we need uh, a plan or a strategy. Sometimes we need someone. We need that, that prompt card to unlock a new layer, unlock uh, something else in that relationship. And so I highly recommend the game. Uh, if you have lots of dinner parties or you like to play games with friends or even if you are just like Carson and I, you know, it's just us two and Hank, Hank doesn't play, but... <laughs> If you want to create a deeper connection or tell stories that maybe you've never heard before uh, with each other, I highly recommend that you get it. Uh, so Carson and I have been playing that, have been playing a game of stories. Uh, speaking of Esther Perel, today, this morning, I booked... I booked a ticket to go and see her in Seattle. I booked not only a ticket, I booked the VIP experience where I actually get to go and I'll see her show, see her talk. And then I get to go, I guess you call it backstage. <laughs> it's kind of like I'm a groupie of a band. That's how I feel. Like a super big fan girl uh, of like a, a band that I get to go backstage. So I get to go backstage and a small group of us get to spend more time with her, have conversations, connect, uh, maybe play the game of stories, uh, which I'm so excited about. So that's in September, a long way away. But my delicious lover is going to drive me down there. He's going to come, but he's like, just put me in the back row. <laughs> like, I don't need a VIP experience. I'm just going to be some weird guy sitting on the end watching the sex therapist or the relationship therapist <laughs> talk about relationships and sex. Uh, so Carson's coming with me and he 
does show great interest in my fangirling or fascination with Esther Perel. We've had many very cool conversations about both of her books that I've read multiple times. And we love to really talk about relationships and our relationship and how we relate. So he's coming along. (laughs) It will also be the time when my parents are here. So my parents are actually coming. They're coming to the north for the first time since I moved here. It will be close to eight years uh, and they're coming for September. So I, it will be a very busy month. We're gonna, I'm obviously gonna show them around Vancouver and Squamish and Whistler. We're gonna go on a road trip up to Banff and Lake Louise. They're gonna go on a cruise to Alaska. I've got Esther Perel. It's cool. Uh, what else is going on in, in my world or my life? Uh, there's two big projects that I want to do this year for me personally. One is I want to start writing my book that I I had the idea last year, but it just wasn't the right time. I needed to do a lot of stuff on the business, in the business. I needed to build it and grow it. I still need to, to do a lot of stuff with my podcast, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, but this year, now, I feel ready. So from February, I will be starting a writing practice that I'll write probably six days a week for a chunk of time that will most likely look like me getting up very early, probably 4.30 or 5. <laughs> Last night, Carson does woodworking on Tuesday nights at a, a very cool, funky local woodworking uh, workshop. And so I was in bed at 7.30 and asleep by quarter past eight or 8.30. And I woke up at 4.15. I was just ready. I had an amazing recovery. I had enough sleep. My body was ready to wake up. So it looks like when I sit down and think about this project, I'm going to have to sit down and think about my systems. You know, when we have a big vision or a big goal, what we need to do is we need to think about the systems that we need to put in place in order for us to achieve that goal. And so I need to sit down, think about, okay, what's my system for this? How am I going to do it? I want to do it. I want to write six days a week. Okay, what time? It's probably going to be like 4.30 or 5 a.m. before Carson and Hank get up. Uh, And so I'll have a couple of hours where I can write or maybe it's time-based or it could be word count. So I could say, okay, my word count each day is X amount of words. And so I'm excited to sit down and flesh out that system. Uh, I need to also, before I start the practice, think about the idea. And I have, you know, I have an idea of what I want the book to be about, how I want it to look, uh, you know, how I want it to, to help you. And so I need to sit down and do a big strategy session on the book and get out my my big pieces of paper and my pens and my pencils and do a a big um, ideation session on that. So that will come first, then the system that I need to put in place. So that's a huge project that I'm going to work on this year. The second one is that I want to speak more. So I have had a goal to stand on the TED stage or the TEDx stage for, I don't know, probably the last like 15 years 
and it's been a big vision of mine and I would love to start working towards that and I already have I have the podcast and so that's a lot of speaking but this year I'm going to put in a lot of intention and effort into speaking more and so doing more being on more podcasts like other people's podcasts guests on podcasts thinking about uh, collaboration and connection with people that could potentially be running live events and to try and uh, this year to be a guest speaker at a live event and so anyone who's listening if you know of anyone uh, if you feel like it could be a great collaboration I'm putting it out there to the universe that I want to do more speaking, more live speaking. I love it. I love being on stage. I love presenting. I love speaking. So it's something that I'm going to work on. And what I'm probably going to do is I'm going to do a speaking and a voice course. I have a couple in mind that I think would be really cool to do some voice work and work on speaking and storytelling. Because the storytelling is the really important piece when you're speaking. Uh, And I really want to work on that. It's an art. It's a skill. So that's a skill that I really want to improve on. So there are a couple of big projects that I'm going to be working on this year. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. Let's talk about today's topic. Yes. Topic? Yeah. (laughs) So today's episode is going to be part one of a three-part series. And this three-part series came out of the strategy calls that I've had this month. So all of my warriors, they had a uh, January strategy call, which was us jumping on and talking about their strategy for this year. And planning out a 90-day strategy that they're going to focus on over the next 90 days. So I had a framework for these calls that I worked through with all of the warriors. And the first part of the framework was looking at just reassessing the past few months, the last 90 days. Wins, how were things feeling, what was working, what was not working. Uh, recapping it, how looking at their biomarkers, you know, what, what, what's the body telling us, uh, And then the next part of the framework was looking at goals and expectations. So the goals that they have for the year and their expectations and then breaking those down uh, into, you know, using those goals to create smaller goal setting cycles. So breaking them down into 90 day strategy cycles. And then the last part of the framework was their training and nutrition strategy. So talking about their individual training and nutrition strategy for 2024, in particular, the next 90 days. (laughs) There were a couple of key themes that came out of these calls this month. And this is what we're going to talk about over this three-part series. I'm actually going to share with you these three key themes that came out of the calls. Uh, And they were quite interesting and I've had many very similar conversations which led me to believe or think that there might be a lot of you out there that are also going through these three things 
uh, and you might want some help and some guidance with these things. So I'm going to talk about them and hopefully they will be helpful for you if you're feeling or experiencing these things right now. So part one is based on theme one and that is about breaking patterns and making confident training choices. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Part two is theme two, which I've called reigniting training joy through energy, curiosity and shaking things up. And then part three, which is theme three, I've called carb shortage SOS, overcoming insufficient intake. (laughs) So those are our three parts and our three themes. So theme one was all around inconsistency. So this pattern of being inconsistent, this pattern of losing momentum or losing motivation for training and then not feeling confident in being able to get back on track or not feeling confident in knowing uh, what to do to break the pattern. So one conversation in particular I was having, she was talking about how her her goal for this year, her main intention was consistency. And she felt like she had good momentum for periods of time. You know, it could be a few weeks and then she would lose it. And for this warrior in particular, it was quite connected or correlated with her cycle. So she felt like the first few weeks of her cycle, she got to the gym, did her session, showed up, prepared her food, could do her tracking. And then in that last week, she fell off track. She lost motivation. She didn't want to train. She didn't want to eat what she prepared. And she was finding this pattern. And she asked me, how do I break the cycle, Amy? How do I break this pattern? And how do I make different choices in that week when it comes to my training and what I eat? So the first thing that we did was we acknowledged that we're cyclic beings, that we may not feel the same every day or every week, or we may not feel the same in the first half of our cycle compared to the second half of our cycle. And the cycle can play a big role in our uh, training, our motivation and our energy. But that is one piece. So it's one piece of this pattern puzzle that this warrior was struggling with. It's not the only piece because myself and I know many women, I've worked with many women that can, don't have that pattern, that can keep showing up in that second phase of their cycle or in that last week. Now the showing up may look different, but there's still a showing up. And what this warrior was struggling with was she wasn't showing up at all. And then it would take her days or sometimes a week to then get the motivation to find the momentum and get the rhythm back. And that was really frustrating for her because she's she just wants to keep the motivation and keep the momentum. 
because she has a really big vision for this year. Uh, she's getting married in July and so she has a really big body composition goal and to achieve that vision and it's not just about how she looks it's about feeling comfortable and confident and connected and we really fleshed out the vision on one of her previous calls but that vision demands that she needs to show up consistently if she wants to get the results that she wants within the time that she wants and so the first thing we spoke about was the cycle piece and how it is a puzzle and so potentially what we could do is look at changing the strategy so how she approaches her training and her food in that last week of her cycle but there was a couple of other things that we spoke about and that I wanted to know so I asked her what, what, when you see this pattern and then you fall off your rhythm and you lose motivation and maybe you don't get to the gym for a week or so, what happens the week or the two weeks or the three weeks prior to that? We have the menstrual cycle piece, and, but I wanted to know if she could recall or think about what happens in those two to three weeks prior because often it's an energy problem. So when we lose motivation for training, when we find it hard to eat what we prepare, although that could be linked to the cycle because we can be a little bit fussier with our food in the second phase of our cycle when the ratio of hormones changes, but that's a conversation for another podcast episode. So when we see this pattern, this, this pattern of showing up, showing up, showing up, and then falling off the rhythm and finding it really hard to get back on track. Showing up, showing up, showing up, falling off, showing up, showing up, falling off. It's often an energy problem. Now, when we think about energy, we think about, I have good energy or I feel tired, but we're overlooking how energy connects to work, to relationships, to all of those areas of our life. Energy is a holistic challenge. It's not just our physical energy. So often we think if I didn't eat enough or I didn't sleep enough, I have low energy. And yes, that physical energy, that not eating enough, nourishing ourselves well enough and not sleeping is a part of the energy piece. But we have other types of energy. So we have the mental and emotional energy or the mental load that we carry in other areas of our life. So our work, our relationships, our home environment, Maybe we have someone that we care for or we have children. This requires a lot of energy, mental and emotional energy. And what often happens is that it stacks. We get this, this thing that I call energy stacking. And we can only stack so much on until we're low on energy. Now, whether that's actual physical energy or it's mental and emotional energy or capacity. So the first step that I gave her and that we worked through was creating awareness. 
So I wanted, I wanted to help her understand her energy stacking and its connection to her mental and emotional load and her physical well-being. So what I thought was happening and what I've seen, what I've experienced myself and what I've seen uh, hundreds of times now, I think, and uh, I had multiple conversations this month about was that we can tolerate a certain amount for a certain amount of time and then we have stacked too much on, we've gone over our threshold. So I remember I did a podcast episode a while ago on energy stacking and I will pop it in the show notes. I highly recommend that you listen to it. But the idea around this came from, actually came from Hank and the dog behavioralist world. So they have this concept called trigger stacking. And when there's too many triggers stacked for a dog, they have a reaction. And the goal for the owner, the leader, is to prevent that trigger stacking, to prevent that reaction. Because the reaction means that they've gone above their threshold, over their threshold. And when they've gone over their threshold, they've had the reaction, which has created the nervous system response, the stress response. And so this is the same with energy stacking. We are stacking things on. And what happens is that we go above our threshold and then we have a reaction. And that reaction can look different for every woman. And so for this warrior, the reaction from this pattern, from this process of living a big life, you know, she uh, is organizing her wedding. She's in a home environment, which is quite stressful right now. She co-owns a business. She works with people all day. Uh, she, there's a lot going on. She has a, you know, she comes from a very large family with there's a lot of uh, social engagements that she needs to go to. And so what I was seeing and what I thought was happening was that she was stacking things on in her life and she could tolerate it to a certain point. <laughs> and, then, and then she was above threshold. And how it was showing up for her was that it was impacting her training and her energy. So she was low on energy, but not just physical energy. She was still getting out for her walks. She was still sleeping well. She was still mostly nourishing her body pretty well it was a mental and emotional leakage of energy the mental load was too much alongside with yes some of the physical energy stuff so she'd reach her threshold and then how it was showing up for her was it would pull her off rhythm and so then she wouldn't get to the gym for a week or so now I do want to pause and highlight that sometimes that's going to happen when we're in a sprint, when there's a lot going on in life, a stressful event, or when someone around us is potentially sick or we need to care from care for someone, or there's a lot going on at work, or we're, we're working on a big project, we're potentially going to have disrupted weeks. And that's okay. The problem becomes when we see the pattern, which is why we were having, why we were having the conversation. And so it's the pattern that's important. Is this a reoccurring pattern or is it 
you know, does it happen a couple of times a year because of sickness or travel or work or projects or sprints? So if it's a pattern and this is the first project that I gave her, keep track of your life, (laughs) of your life events. I want you to notice your stacking. How much can you pile up before falling down (laughs) or feeling down or being low on energy? I want you to try and pinpoint that moment or the triggers that you feel like are leaking your energy or are taking a lot of mental and emotional load. So that's the first step. We need to create awareness. If we're finding uh, ourselves falling into a pattern and we want to change the pattern, we need to become more aware of the pattern. What's, what's happening? We need to understand that energy stacking. How much are we stacking on until we reach the threshold and we go over threshold? What's pushing us over threshold? So we've got to keep track of our life events. We've got to keep track of those three weeks leading up to this week where the pattern reoccurs. The second step is a shift in mindset. So for this warrior, she had an all or nothing mindset, which a lot of you listening, I know that you are familiar with her. It's either I'm either all in and I'm doing it exactly how it's written, I'm doing the plan or I'm all out and I'm doing nothing at all. And when we're in this low energy state, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, it's easier to go all out. It's easier to not do anything at all. And I get it because we're low on energy. Adding another thing on is energy stacking, even if that thing is a positive thing, even if that thing is going to (laughs) help. It's another thing that the mind has to take the load of. So we go all out. So I invited this warrior to think about what's the easiest thing that I can do right now today to reach my goals or move closer towards the goal or the vision. I wanted her to focus on low barrier to entry or low barrier to energy activities. Uh, like, do I focus on my food? You know, eat enough. If it's an energy availability problem, if we know that we haven't nourished ourselves properly, that's your first step. That's your first thing that you need to focus on, nourishing yourself. Everything will feel hard when you don't have enough food in you. Or if it's a high mental and emotional load, I invited her to engage in a low mental load activity like walking because when we're when we've kind of tapped ourselves out on our mental emotional load thinking about getting ourselves to the gym following the program that we have to think a lot about and it's complex and we have to focus and there's weightlifting and it's it's a lot and Of course, the mind doesn't want to do it, but that doesn't mean we don't do anything at all. It means that we choose option B. We choose the easiest thing that we can do right now today that will help us move forward. And often it's walking or doing a cardio session because they have it's a very low barrier 
to entry. The mind likes that. There's ease and simplicity in getting yourself out for a walk or doing a cardio session, a walk run session, a zone two session, something where you don't have to think a lot. So the second, the second step is we need to shift our mindset. It's not, okay, because I have reached my threshold and <laughs> I have no energy left that I'm going to do nothing. We're asking ourselves, what's the middle ground? What's the easiest thing that I can do today, right now, to help me move forward, to support myself? If I know that I haven't eaten enough food, I'm going to prioritize my nutrition, eating enough. If it's not a physical energy problem and you are eating enough and you are sleeping, but you don't want to train and you've lost that motivation, it's highly likely it's a mental and emotional load problem. So you just need to do something that is fun, that's easy, that feels effortless. And often it's walking or it's going outside and playing a sport or walking with a friend or doing a cardio session. The third step is breaking the pattern. Now, this requires us to do step one and step two. Step one and step two equal step three, breaking the pattern. If we're stuck in this repeating cycle, we need to consider changes, <laughs> lifestyle changes. We need to consider changing our life. To avoid those consistent lows and the inconsistency in our training. And this is not always easy, but it's way easier once we do step one because we've understood the pattern, we've understood the energy stacking, we can create the connection to what's going on, we've kept track of our life events, you know, we 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 have an understanding, we've done the tracking, we've done the data collection. Then step two. We're changing our mindset. So we're trying to break the pattern by changing the mindset and doing something. And then the last bit of breaking this pattern. So I said to her, okay, if you've done step one, you've done step two, and you're, you still feel like you're in the pattern, you've got to change your life. <laughs> You've got to change your life. You've got to change those three weeks leading up to that week. Now, it doesn't have to be today, but over time. Asking yourself, how are you actually living and is that working for you? Because if you're repeating the same pattern and you've gone through the first two steps, there's a problem there. <laughs> you <clears throat> need to consider lifestyle changes to avoid this consistent pattern. And the last part I tacked on there for her was sometimes you just got to get to the gym and starting is key. Starting is important. Sometimes we've just got to show up and even if we don't want to and we just got to do it. <laughs> so then I wanted to share some additional insights because I had multiple conversations with other warriors that had a dilemma around whether or not they should train. So coming off holidays for a lot of the women that I spoke with, holidays are quite a stressful time for a lot of people. And there is a lot of energy expended, a lot of energy leaked, and energy is quite low. 
there was a lot of sickness coming off holidays. And so a lot of the warriors were, I feel really uncertain about whether to train or not. Because in the past, when I have trained, well, then I got sick or then I felt worse and it hasn't worked. Like, how do I know whether or not to train? And this ties into the pattern, because if you have a pattern of, you know, getting sick or something happening in your life that forces you to lose that momentum and you're not being consistent with your training, well, then we need to break the pattern. And there's a couple of other additional insights that I can give you that might be helpful. So one, I use a checklist. I use checklists quite a lot with my warriors because we can get in our head a lot. And I'm going to talk a lot more about mindset in part two. Sometimes it's the warriors often think that it's the training that will be the hardest part, but it's actually the story that we tell ourselves. It's our narrative. It's our mindset. And changing our mindset is really hard, especially if we have done things before and they haven't worked, if we've been really unwell for a long time and, uh, you know, we're starting to feel better, but we don't want to, we don't want to be unwell again. And so the, the mindset work becomes really important. So this is why checklists can be very helpful because it takes the emotion out of it. Uh, and I'm not saying that we need to be emotionless, <laughs> It just can be helpful to take the emotion out of it and look more at the objective data. So the first checklist that I often give my warriors, if they aren't sure whether to train or not, I always say to them, okay, use this checklist. Did I sleep seven to eight hours last night? Did I get my optimal amount of sleep? Yes or no? Did I eat enough yesterday? Now we could subjectively say, yes, we think that we did. Or if we're tracking, we could objectively 100% say, yes, I did or yes, I didn't. Then am I recovered? So if I'm wearing a device, what's my recovery score? Or how do I subjectively feel? Do I feel recovered, restored? Do I feel like I have energy? So if you answered yes to that checklist, to all of the above, I would recommend that you show up to your training and you be curious and you start your session and you see how you feel. And if you need, maybe you adapt and modify it a little bit. Maybe you rest a little bit longer. Maybe you don't go as heavy or as intense. Maybe you do less reps or less sets. Just show up and be curious. Now, if you said no to all of those things, then I would say your priority is to nourish yourself, to eat enough food today and to do something that has the lowest barrier to entry. So get out for a walk that will really support recovery, mitochondria, energy generation, get outside the, and that will be a good confidence booster because it really it, it allows you to look at the objective data. Now, of course, sometimes we're going to say yes to it all and we're going to show up to the gym and maybe it doesn't feel that great. And we could retire from the session and walk away and have the humility, you know, in the heart to walk away. Sometimes we could just push through and potentially that wasn't a good thing. 
all of this is learning. This is why it's called a practice. It's the process. No one has the answer for you. You only learn through doing. So you can use these checklists and these frameworks, but you need to just show up and try it and see how it goes. And it might not be the same every time. And sometimes you might get it wrong and it might be a disaster or it might not be. It might be a great session and you might not get worse. You might actually feel better. Let's try and enter into this practice training stuff with a posture of curiosity, a posture of trying it on. And a lot of us ain't good at that. We actually, I got a message from a warrior earlier today. She's been having some foot problems and I put something in her program where we have been... You know, we've been avoiding it while we, she rehabs her foot and lets her foot heal, but it's in her program tomorrow. And she wrote to me saying, like, I'm really scared that it's not going to go well. And I asked my PT and I'm not sure how, you know, if I should do it. And I said to her, you will be the only one that knows how it truly feels. I want you to harness a posture of trying it on and being curious instead of taking a posture of being afraid and wanting someone to tell you what to do. Now, we can be led and guided and directed in our training and our health, and I'm here to support her. But part of that leading and that guiding is to help her learn that it's okay to not know, that it's okay to go in and have a posture of just trying it on, of being curious and then having the confidence to make the call or not, or just even being at peace with, it's okay that I don't know the right answer. We don't know how the body's gonna react. It could be fine. Or it could not. It could flare the foot up. But the cool thing is, is that once you do it, you take the posture of the curiosity, the trying it on, you do it, you're going to get a result. And from that result, whether it's the one you wanted or not, you're going to learn. And then the next time that you fracture your foot and you experience the same thing, You're going to know your approach and you're going to know what worked and didn't work before. And that's how I was taught by my coach when it comes to injuries and pain and discomfort is that we always need to have a posture of curiosity and trying it on. We don't know what's going to happen. The mind likes to think it can predict the future, but it can't. And the mind often is or it's fear-based because of the unknown, or it's pulling on past evidence and past experience and formulating this hypothesis or idea that this is how it's going to go. But until we do it, we don't know. And so with the training and feeling uncertain about whether to train or not, I think we have some, you know, if we have all no's on our checklist and we hardly slept and we're feeling like in the red, we probably know that going into a gym environment and pushing ourselves is probably not the best thing to do. Although I've also done that. Yeah, (laughs) 
<laughs> I've screwed up many times when it's come to my training and been like, well, that was a bad idea. <laughs> and, you know, suffered the consequences for that, whether that's pushing through and, you know, experiencing an injury or, you know, putting myself in a hole because of my energy. I've done it many times, countless times, but that's okay. I'm okay with that because I'm at peace with, I don't know how this is going to go and I'm just going to try something on. Yes, over time, the more you do this, the, the more confidence you get and the more intuition that you'll have. So my intuition is quite good and my confidence around the call that I'll make, whether or not to train or what I'll do in the session is, is very good now. But I have had to earn the ease of that. And if you're newer in your training journey and you're, you've decided to build a foundation and you've decided to play the new game and do things differently, you're just going to have to go through the teething experience of learning this. You know, it's much easier for someone five years deep, 10 years deep. I'm 15 years deep into my training journey now. So I've earned the ease to be able to make that call. I know if it's a good idea or not. And I don't really feel uncertain a lot of the time. So the second checklist is, okay, if we decide that we're not going to train, maybe we feel a little bit unwell or there's a lot of stress going on. We need to go through a checklist and this is how am I going to manage my stress today? What am I going to do with what am I going to do for my stress? The second is how am I going to nourish my body appropriately today? And then the third is what way am I going to move my body? What is the right way to move my body today? And so we need to pick a thing that is going to help us manage our stress. We need to nourish our body appropriately based on where we're at and what's going on and we need to move the body wants to move and sometimes that might just be a walk so by addressing these aspects it can help us make more informed decisions more confident decisions about training and training can then feel a little bit more manageable but a lot of the time it's a mindset thing really that the body is amazing the physical body, she's so strong. And if you have started to build your foundation, if you are nourishing pretty well and sleeping pretty well, often it's going to be a mindset thing, changing the story, changing the narrative, reframing things, which is what we're going to speak about in part two. Okay, Warrior Woman, I will see you in part two. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another warrior woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.